Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 222, Seeking Wisdom, part three. The flavors of fall are redolent with roasting green chili, migrating birds, cool mornings, cutting and stacking firewood, and just an early peak of turning aspen colors up high. It's a wonderful time of the year, and like every season, has its own unique contemplative rhythms. In today's musings, I'd like to explore the wisdom of the body. The last two podcasts have focused on wisdom gained from books and that gained via life experience, and the importance of putting into practical practice whatever insights inspire. Of course, these are somewhat arbitrary categories, and the roots of a particular bit of embodied sagacity are often muddled, just as it's sometimes difficult to discern where a mind-body-spirit imbalance has arisen. In any case, I think I learned early to listen to my body, largely because of my involvement in martial arts, to wit, some exploration of karate and judo as a teen, two years of kung fu in my 20s, two years of capoeira in my 30s, and then 22 years of aikido, plus years of doing wu long-form tai chi and intermittent periods of yoga practice. As a teen in the 60s, my friend Stephen and I witnessed an old man doing yoga on the beach. As others laughed and avoided him, we got closer and talked with him about what he was doing. It was inspiring to me to see his calm flexibility and strength. In Sanskrit, yoga translates as to yoke, to join or unite. The combination of intentional movement, breath, and relaxation mimic the contradictions of my life. Intend and let go of it being a certain way is quite similar to engage muscles and relax and release into a deeper stretch. Mind has to be both concentrated and still also the best formula for manifesting deep desires. Striving, not struggling, without control. And corpse pose is a great temporary reminder of mortality, just as sun salutations let me bow in gratitude for another day. Yoga and martial arts are close cousins each offering a diverse way to enter into integrated knowing through discipline, practice, and eventually some mastery. Having dealt with many body-based learnings and multiple injuries over the years, the first wisdom awareness is healing is any change for the better. This also applies to dis-ease beyond martial art bruising or joint swelling. As I continue to navigate being a person with stage 4 cancer, it offers daily doses of gratitude for the many things I enjoy that I'm still able to do. And the being part as well, since my meditation explorations have increased since my diagnosis. Rather than a have to or should, it's more like, I wonder what my mind is up to today, curiosity. And that shift is healing in itself. As a young man entering med school just after my 20th birthday and then losing my mom to cancer when I was a mere babe at 22, let's just say that I was ill-prepared to witness so much suffering and death. I was barely emotionally literate, mostly out of touch with my own sadness, anger, and fears. During my 20s and early 30s, I remember my back consistently going out when my stress got too high. It was always a wake-up call from which my youth allowed recovery fairly quickly, and then getting involved with men's work finally turned on the house lights to the reality that the body constantly provides feedback signals about my emotional and mental state. My sense is that each of us has an end organ where our stress heads to first by default. For some, it's neck and shoulders, belly, or head. This notion also shows up in my body-based practices as well, 
If feeling afraid on the mat, for example, with a new or somewhat dangerous technique, my body would naturally want to constrict. I had to breathe and relax. When I began teaching about violence prevention and describing the anatomy of anger, I would ask participants to get in touch with where in the body they first began to feel irritation. For me, it was tightening my jaw and thus useful feedback to pull a coping strategy out of the toolbox before the angry energy exploded out of my mouth with words I would regret. The third pearl to consider is energy flow awareness is more essential than time management. Regular listeners will recognize that phrase dealt with most extensively in podcast 41, the link was in the program notes. I'm very much in the habit of regularly taking my energy pulse by simply tuning in and noticing if my energy is high or low and is it relaxed or tense. Then I can choose to create a state shift. The first step is always to move from high tension to low tension. Then I can adjust from low energy to high energy if desired. Breath, so important in martial arts, yoga, tai chi, and really any form of healing, is the bridge from where I am to where I'd like to be. When I calm my breath, I relax my mind, and the body will follow. Ignorance, ambiguity, and uncertainty continue to dance in my courtyard, even as the drive for discriminating, discerning wisdom remains. This aging apprentice welcomes it however it shows up life experience, good tomes or poetry, and creative corpus communications as well. My friend Alan Kuziwa Kweshe Matsika of the Tembo clan of the Sena people, who has returned to his homeland of Zimbabwe, told me about a Shona word, Tuzu. There is an element of having a blank, clueless expression with a subtext of not someone who's stupid, but who knows better and has the intelligence, yet behaves otherwise. As he puts it, quote, Somehow, it's not inaction based on stupidity that allows someone to be ambushed by life's vicissitudes, but instead, apathy, that allows someone to not act even as the hammer comes down to catch one's skull. So I propose another translation, the repose of the apathetic, close quote. Accumulated wisdom offers me the chance every day to move beyond ignorance and apathy as I continue to embrace the life I have and the one I still envision. Thanks as always for listening, and remember friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.